Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog right. Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I don't to play football. Coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Uh, you can give me credit if you want. As 
but let's just say that's property of Steelers hangover, so we can both use it. <laughs> like I said, there like I said last that. week, sometimes we share we share the same brain. So there you go. The landlord of Paul Brown Stadium. I love it, and I love what they're doing. You said that the Bengals are doing a lot of talking. Speaking of a lot of talking, Steelers Hangover is brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain. Check us out on our YouTube channel. So many ways to go ahead and check out not only this podcast, but our flagship, The Standard of the Standard, on Wednesday evenings um, with Jeff Jeff Hartman and uh, Lance. And also they have the uh, post-game show on uh, usually right after the game. And something that uh, Jeff and I do together, we do a uh, preview coming up usually on Thursday nights. So, so many things to check out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and not only just the articles, all the great articles, everything you want from whether it's a commentary, whether it's just quick news, just like hot off the press news. You're going to see it right there. And uh, plus, I have to mention some of the most clever articles you've ever read done by none other than my buddy, Tony Defio. So uh, good stuff. Make sure you check it out there. Lots of stuff to cover, Tony. So right away, I want to know your feeling with just a little over 10 seconds left in the game and what was going on where you were watching the game. I was watching over my friend's house, and uh, I think we were all thinking the same thing, that it was going to come down to a Chris Boswell field goal and you know, the way he's been going this year, that seems a 50-50 proposition at best. So I, I didn't know what the, how to feel about that. But I was, I was excited that they would have the opportunity to, to kick a field goal after the, the Bengals came right down and scored with 118 remaining. But, you know, to, to see Antonio Brown <laughs> come through again in and, and, and the clutch like he has so many times in the past, it's just, it was just uh, – Another exhilarating moment, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised because they've done this to them so many times. I was almost expecting it, too. Well, Joe Mixon, when he scored, I bet, what was that, like 130 left or 138? Uh, it was something like that. When he scored, I was fine with it. Um, it almost reminded me of that Super Bowl way back in 20 years ago when the, uh, when the Broncos let the, uh, the Packers score to give enough time to go head down the field and score again because they were that confident they did. So, they, so with the fact only need a field, field goal, I was feeling a little bit better. I was actually feeling a lot better about Boswell in that game because even the kicks in past weeks that he made, the extra points that he would make, were not right down the middle. They were iffy at best. Um, but yesterday it seemed like he was just nailing stuff. So I felt pretty good about him. I wanted to get a little bit further, and when uh, when that holding penalty on Kirkpatrick came, I was I felt new life. I'm like, all right, if you can't go ahead and rebound from that and take advantage of that, then you don't deserve to win this game. But I felt pretty good um, with the game in Ben Roethlisberger's hands, and when he hit Antonio Brown, Tony, I'm, I got to tell you. I went so crazy. My dogs, I have four little dachshunds, and they're idiots, but I love them to death. They went crazy. They started barking at me because I'm dancing. I'm uh, I'm screaming. I'm, you know, as soon as he catches the ball, I'm doing the go, 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 go chant. And then when he scored, I just went nuts. Then I have a nine-year-old daughter, and she just stared at me with the biggest eye, stared at me with the biggest eyes ever, looking terrified. Looked at my wife and said, Mommy, Teddy's weird. And that's exactly <laughs> what she said. She's not. Well, she'll I find out someday never... what it's like. Yeah. You know, we were expecting we were expecting her when Santonio Holmes got that ball in the end zone during Super Bowl 43. So she should know. She was around it. She just was in utero at that point. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I tell you what, I I kind of uh, – I still felt pretty good about it. I would much rather – now, I would have not felt good if it was – if the shoe was on the other foot and it was the Bengals driving down with Pittsburgh having the lead because 
not only do I have trust in I I don't have trust in the uh, Pittsburgh defense, but I'm starting to feel a little bit better about the Steelers defense when I watch a Sunday night football game like New England and Kansas City because defense is completely out of the, out of the league. Um, would you agree with me on that? That they're with these calls, these guys are so gun shy, and it happened in that game last night against Kansas City with uh, with New England, where a guy held up and did not nail Brady because he th- thought he threw the ball, and Brady didn't for a four yard run because he was afraid he was going to get called. I mean, we have the defense can't; they're afraid to do anything. So, with that, and the fact that the Steelers' defense is still suspect. At best, you know, you you have that feeling that you just – there's none left in the league. Defense is dead in the National Football League. What do you think? Uh, well, it's definitely uh, it's definitely getting it's, – it's, it's on its deathbed, that's for sure. You know, when you, anytime you can hold a team to it, – isn't it funny now that, that if you hold a team to 21 points, it seems like a good defensive effort? <laughs> you know, it, it's just – Yeah. It, it's just so amazing. And, and, and we didn't – as crazy as – this rivalry has been between these two teams. It's funny that we didn't see more crazy uh, hits and, and, and questionable uh, calls yesterday. It was more. It was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty good hard-hitting game, especially by the Steelers. I thought they they outhit. The, I mean, they outplayed the Bengals pretty much the whole game, but they definitely were the better defensive team. So I, it is a, a, their defense is suspect, but. They were also victimized by a lot of short fields thanks to the special teams, especially at the end of the first half. I, I think that was uh, that was a ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if it was a, a weather-related decision or just a strategic decision to kick the ball short to Erickson after they went up 14-7. But yeah, the, the defense wasn't its best game, but it, it wasn't. I don't think it was that bad either. I think it was a, a fairly decent performance against a really good offense, Brian. Okay, so let's uh, stay in that realm. This is usually when we go ahead and give grades. So you just talked about the defense. Um, I will have to say is my defense valedictorian is probably yours. It's got to be Joe Hayden because he kept that uh, he kept that game together for that team. Um, so I would go ahead and uh, you know they still held them twenty one points. Um, they looked scary at the end. They were falling apart. We've got problems on the on the other end of Hayden with uh, mostly with Artie Burns and even Sensabaugh, but I'm looking at, uh, at throwing them still a B B minus. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say about a B or a B minus. I think, I think that's, that's fair. You know, uh, uh, I, I think had, uh, again, you know, I think like you said, the, the, the shakiest that the defense looked, I think was at the end of the game. I think that drive that was a little bit, a little bit too easy for my taste, and and uh, probably for the the other three or the other two touchdowns were set up by short field, so that makes you feel a little bit better. Um, but you're right, uh, uh, Hayden definitely is the valedictorian again. He just he just means so much to that secondary, and he's such a to hold um, uh, AJ Green to 85 yards on seven catches. I mean that's not you know it's a pretty decent game for 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 him, but it's not a breakout you know, game either. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you about Hayden. As far as Hardy Burns, uh, I don't know, where can you go? I mean, it's either him or Sensible. You really can't do much else on, on that side of the ball unless you try to elevate Cam Sutton, and he had his hands full yesterday with the tight end. So, yeah, who knows what you can do about about the defense at this point. I mean, as far as the other um, side of the uh, the other cornerback at this point, but but I, I definitely agree that a B is, uh, is an accurate grade for the defense. Okay, great. And, you know, the offense, really, that's a good defense. I know uh, a lot of people disagree, but I think Cincinnati has has a tough defense. Man, they were decimated by injuries yesterday during that game. But this is what I'm going to say about them being decimated by injuries. That could have been caused by the Steelers. The Steelers' offensive line out physicaled that defensive line and that team in general. They just out-physicaled them. And when I'm talking about out-physicaling someone, none other than James Conner. That one run where he was just bashing people going through, it was, 
it almost looked like a situation where he was being hunted by zombies and he had a little bat and he was just batting him off and just going through. I mean, that <laughs> guy was just looked like a man possessed yesterday, and they were playing physical. And when you're talking about, I will go ahead and anoint Vance McDonald as the most physical Pittsburgh Steeler yards after the catch receiver that I have ever seen. I mean, we talk about Heinz Ward being a great physical after the catch, just a physical receiver in general. But Vance McDonald, he just takes it up a notch. He's If anybody's Gronk-like, it's this guy, Tony. Yeah, I can't remember last time uh, they had a player that uh, who's been on such a roll as far as, you know, it run it runs after the catch, you know, punishing people. It's just it's just amazing what he's been doing. And I think I heard an interview with him uh, either today or yesterday where he said he, he just laughs on the inside. He, just, he laughs, he enjoys yeah. It so much. Yeah, he just enjoys it so much. And and you know he he took out perfect, and Connor took that took out perfect. It was it was a great sight to see. And, and you're right. I mean they they just they they out physical them for 60 minutes. And and what what a performance by the offensive line. I mean. Ben forty six uh, dropbacks and he was he he was hit once I think I mean if that I didn't even I didn't even see him be I didn't, I didn't even see him get hit it was just a, a great clean, performance and yeah. clean uniform very clean oh, uniform yeah. on a wet muddy day and that guy stayed right. clean so that's why if you saw my great article um, there's so many places you could go and valedictorian of the offense and the entire team I went the offensive line for that reason only. But we can make a case for James Conner, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, we could go so many ways with uh, what all those guys did. Um, that was a total – that was a great offensive performance from them. So I'm going to let you go ahead and give out the grade for offensive performance, but I think uh, we probably are on the same page here. So, Tony, go ahead. I'm going to give it an A. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a perfect performance because I think you know the red zone efficiency, efficiency could have been better. I think had it been better, uh, the game probably would have been a, uh, a two touchdown final instead of a, uh, an exhilarating finish. But but uh, overall, I mean, it was just it, like you said, it's a good defense, a good front seven. The secondary is really good, really talented, and they they. 481 yards against that defense. That's definitely an A performance, despite. Having trouble hearing you there at the tail end of that. So let's go ahead and go to special teams, Tony. Um, I'm going to say C for the special teams. Now, I I thought Jordan Berry actually punted better. He had that one terrible punt, that 36 yarder. And if I'm not mistaken, it was about 64 yards. Um, I've seen some discretion over 64, maybe 69. So I need to get an exact on that. But that was just a booming punt. But uh, not a terrible day from Jordan Berry. And if that's what we need to measure success at at this time, that's what we're going to have to go go to. So um, I would say a uh, you know a great performance uh, from Berry. If that's because based on what he's been doing in the past, um, but the kick coverage was uh, horrendous. I agree with you. I don't know what they were thinking with going ahead and uh, kicking Erickson like that. And uh, again, he you know, two in a row where he just completely schooled them. He's they've had problems with him over the past two three seasons. So um, he's a very dangerous kick returner and. Uh, He's going to break their hearts one of these days. Tony, you're still there. I am here. Can you hear me? Okay. Very good. Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, so what we're going to do now is uh, you know what state that they are celebrating in, and we're not talking about Pennsylvania. We're talking what state represents the best on the Steeler hangover? New Jersey. New Jersey. So let's go to New Jersey. You know where we're opening the show. We're going to go straight to the dean. I'm just going to call him the dean of the Steeler hangover right now. Good evening. It's none other Vito. than Vito from New Jersey. Good, Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How are you guys? Great victory yesterday. <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking about you guys. The off- offense did a tremendous job protecting Ben. I mean, really. I mean, 
do you guys think that Haley would have made a difference uh, in this year versus uh, the last few years? Because it seems like, you know, Ben went over to the sideline at one point. I think he told uh, Fitchner what he was going to call, and I think that's when he threw the ball to Brown. I think, you know, he, he has a little bit more uh, flexibility, you know, moving moving this uh, offensive line around. I do like the three TE sets a lot of times when they bring in two or three tight ends at a time. I think that's that's great to have that because they have some big tight ends there. And uh, you're right. The, the game could have been could have been uh, either a 10 or 14 point lead. I mean, the Connor play that Tomlin didn't challenge, I thought that was definitely a touchdown. I think he fell right on the line and Tomlin didn't challenge it. But uh, I think maybe he didn't challenge it because he figured we'd push it right in and we didn't. We had to settle for three and then on the next drive we had to settle for three. So give that defense credit stepping up and uh, holding us to three on those two drives. But uh, great team effort. And I was reading something today on the uh, behind the steel curtain where some people were saying that we should go out and get Patrick Peterson if uh, the Cardinals are looking to give him up. That that would definitely help our uh, defense tremendously because then, you know, a guy like uh, Audie Burns is struggling so much. Having Peterson on the other side could definitely be the missing link we need on this defense. The other thing that, that annoys me a lot is this other guy we went out and got the safety from Green Bay. He's been nothing but injured ever since we got him, and he really hasn't been able to even participate in any of these games. What a mistake by the front office going after someone like that who was not even available to help us. But all in all, I thought it was a great team performance and uh, defense did a great job holding them to 21 points. And if we could play in most games and hold most teams to 21, 24 points, I think we have a shot to win every week. What are your thoughts? I agree with you completely that we have a shot every week, especially with that offense. Um, and Ben looked crisper yesterday. Ben Ben doesn't get credit for being the intelligent quarterback that he is. A lot of people, I mean, I don't know, I'm just guessing here, but I think a lot of people have the perception that Ben's a meathead. And he is anything but that. Um, ben is a very cerebral quarterback, and you just don't pin that on him as a label. But uh, he's very smart. So, I mean, I know that his relationship, okay, he's been around Randy Feetner for 10 years now, 11 years, been his quarterback coach that long. He was handpicked. And I always joke, and Tony probably hears me say it ad nauseum, that Ben's the offensive coordinator of that team. But if they do stuff like this and they are on the same page, I have no problem with it. So I thought that was a, I thought that was a great call on that play. Um, it really could be another turning point. That could be a turning point game. Just like last week, um, the past day, Antonio Brown was a turning point. This, this could be the one that just keeps them in overdrive. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. As far as Morgan Burnett goes, boy, I'd love to get him on the field because he is a very positive presence for that defense. And if you have the coach that you have in Joe Hayden on that defense on the same field as a coach – and Morgan Burnett, because that's what these guys are. They're like coaches. They're they're very football smart on the defense. So I think they could do so much more and not expose a guy like Terrell Edmonds, who I think has a bright future, but he's kind of a little bit lost out there. So um, And he's a rookie, and he's learning on the job, but that's really helping him too. But if uh, Burnett gets healthy and you can get maybe eight to ten games out of him at this point, if he comes back after the bye, I think you'll see a big difference in that defense as well. As far as Patrick Peterson goes, um, Simon Chester wrote that article, and I, I, I love it. I mean, the Cardinals have made everybody available at this point, and I think the, base, um, the baseball mentality of the trade deadline is uh, sneaking into football because it's kind of – at this point, I would spend a second-round draft – draft choice on a guy like Patrick Peterson because that could be the difference of uh, of going very far in the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl because that's one player on that side. If you have a healthy Hayden and a healthy Peterson and with what Sean Davis is doing in the secondary, what Mike Hilton's doing in the secondary, um, guys like that, 
you know, you could you could go very far. That's one player that could really clean up that defense in a hurry. Tony, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think it would be tremendous. I mean, you know, uh, like you said, a second-round pick seems uh, a pretty fair deal for, for somebody of that caliber. And and, and I think he's, he counts like $14 million against Arizona's cap, which, I mean, is what you, want, it's what you were going to pay Bell anyway, so he would fit right in. And he would be that. He, that would be the fourteen million that everybody wanted them to use to spend uh, to build, rebuild the defense. Well, now you, uh, you 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 get that you get a a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback for fourteen million to help you down the stretch. It, it doesn't seem very Steeler like, but you know they went out and they 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 got Joe Hayden last year when he was released, and that didn't seem like something that they would normally do, and they did it. So I would I would love it. I mean it, it would it would. It would suck for Artie Burns because I, I really like him and I think he still has a chance to be something good. But right now, it's all about it's all about now. It's all about winning the Super Bowl or or, or putting yourself in the best possible position to do so. And what your defense would go from a six, maybe a five to to an eight or a nine, I think, if you got somebody like a Patrick Peterson. Okay, well that's um, that's a D to an A. Um, if you're yes. looking looking at it uh, in in as far as grades, um, I don't know if they'll go get him, but somebody's going to. So why not be aggressive? Um, yeah. I I saw him listed as in the top five. Now here's a question: Would you go ahead and put? Would you spend a number one pick on the guy like Patrick Peterson? Uh, at, at this point, yes, I think I would because you're looking at um, a, a what he they're they're usually drafting in, in in the low 20s anyway, so you might as well take a gamble and and what, how Peterson's not he hasn't been around that long, so he's probably what 29, 30 if he's even that old, and you have him for three right three around there, yeah. Runs, yeah, three more years, so you have a uh, you're paying Joe Hayden nine million a year, you're going to be paying this guy. 14 million, 10 million, 11 million. I think like something like that over the next three years per year. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's it's a it, you're getting a first round uh, caliber player in his prime for the price of a first round pick. So yeah, I do it. So um, Patrick Peterson, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was drafted in 2011, and yes, he was. He was fifth overall in 2011. Out of LSU, he was born in July of 1990, so that makes him 28 years old. With yeah. three years left, yeah, I tell you what, I I would not hesitate to spend a first round draft pick on a guy like that. Vito, would you? If if it means the Super Bowl, you know they why not? Him. Because we they we always him. talk about that window. Burns Burns is bad. He's not good at all right now. And if you get a guy like that. You, your linebacking problems aren't as desperate. I I really think that uh, you could do so much more. That's that's one guy that could really shore up a defense in in a New York minute. So, but you know, as soon as I typed in Patrick Peterson's name just a second ago, I just saw why the Saints should trade for uh, Patrick <laughs> Peterson, why the Cowboys should trade for Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, so. That's just something that, uh, I mean, it's being thrown out there that uh, it's going to be a little sweepstakes for him, but just be aggressive. And we saw with uh, the Tyron Matthew sweepstakes back in uh, back in early, uh, what was that, July or June or July when he became available. Um, actually, it was July when, when Matthew became available. He could have been available for – Signed for six million dollars for one one year, and that was that's more. That's in the Steelers' range, and that was the safety that uh, they could have gone out and gotten. Um, so, with that being said, you never know what someone's price is. You know, you never know what somebody's afraid to offer or not to offer. So, I mean, if you can go ahead and do the play the let's make a deal game and uh, be the highest bidder, why not? I mean, you only have one chance. You know, you could you can build for the future later. If it takes a first-round pick, I'm a GM. Maybe I won't be a GM long, but I'm going for it, Vito. 
Yep. I think the windows now. But that, point, you don't think so? And you know what? And then you then you try to get Le'Veon Bell back in and trade him for a two or a three, and that uh, that makes it a whole lot easier. So Vito, thank you so much. We appreciate thank it. You, I'm glad you had a had a great time watching the game. Enjoy the bye week, and we will be here next week for the bye week. Um, I, uh, I usually hate the bye week, but uh, and I don't think it will smash the momentum. I love where this team is going. So thanks, buddy. Thank you. See you, Vito. Good night, guys. And as always, as always, just that's that's our guy. Vito is uh, uh, he is the dean of Steelers Hangover. Uh, he's the Hall of Fame caller. Um, always a calming influence. You know, in fact, I think Vito's importance is even more when we go ahead and uh, watch the Steelers lose because he always talks me off the ledge. I mean, like. If I if I ever get a fight with my wife, I'm just gonna like I have his number. I'm just gonna call him. I'm like, dude, <laughs> talk me off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> so let's stay in the Garden State, my man. We've got Ken on the line. Ken, what's going on, buddy? What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, Ken. Oh, dude, I love that enthusiasm. You're you're excited, Ken. I'm excited, man, because you know we finally put together two in a row of football that we we kind of expected to see this year. And, you know, I, I just think, like, with what we expected to see was, all right, the defense is going to – the defense will be behind the offense. The offense will carry the team. But there's a lot of young talent. And, you know, with the young talent, with coaching, there's some potential. I think that's the stage that we're at right now uh, versus what we were seeing in the beginning of the year. So, it's, it's, it's just good to to finally be at this place. Yes, it's later than we expected, but, you know, we're here. So, um, but, yeah, I, I, with this whole thing, I mean, it was it was a great – it was really a very um, entertaining game. Like, just from a football fan perspective, I, I just thought it was a very well-played game. Um, the, 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 it was physical without being dirty. Outside of that Vontez Berfic elbow – to Antonio Brown's head across the middle, uh, which I'm surprised to see the league said that they won't be fining him or he's not expected to be fined, but whatever. Um, but I have I have an offensive nugget for you guys, and I have a defensive nugget. So I'll start with the defensive one. And, you know, talking about the whole Patrick Peterson thing, absolutely, if you can get Patrick Peterson for a first-round pick, I think, you know, Vito even said it, the Steelers normally pick at the end of the first round. Who are you going to get, Artie Burns, Bud Dupree? You know, like, this, we put so much potential into, like, the unknown with these picks. A lot of times these guys are borderline second-round picks anyway um, when you're picking after pick 20. So um, I would absolutely give that up. Even for three years of um, Patrick Peterson, when you think about it, Artie Burns has been with the Steelers for three years. We already know that he's, they're not going to pick up his option for the most part. You know, so uh, it's definitely worth it. That will shore up uh, that secondary, and it will affect the, uh, the linebacker play. But um, I just thought the defense yesterday and, you know, last week too, they played, they played sound and they did their job. I was very uh, encouraged to see that. And, you know, guys got beat. I could deal with a guy getting beat versus just gaps in the secondary. So I thought that that was a positive. Two weeks in a row shows some consistency there, and hopefully they'll continue to do that once they really wrap their heads around what's going on. Uh, maybe they could play a little faster and, and, you know, maybe make some of those plays. You know, Joe Hayden has to come up with that interception. You know, but um, I just thought from a defensive perspective, they played well. Listen, the Bengals are good. They're going to make plays. Joe Mixon's a good back. A.J. Green is great. So, you know, it was it was a good defensive effort for the most part. Uh, what, what do you guys think about the, the defensive effort? You know what? We gave them a B minus, and um, I thought uh, rushing the passer, I mean, three sacks, they rushed the passer, the guys up front, especially we had a, a Stephon Tuitt awakening. Um, right when I was ripping on him, he, uh, on my, uh, on my in-game article that I write, called knee-jerk reactions, just right when I started to crack on him for being invisible, he had two tackles in a row and one being a sack. 
Um, Javon Hargrave really showed up yesterday. And even though he wasn't huge in the stat sheet, you got uh, some good penetration from uh, from uh, Cam. And so with Hayward doing that, they gave the defensive backs a little more time. I mean, I was fine with the linebackers. Just, I mean, an average performance. The defensive backs, I, I'm a Sean Davis guy. I like Sean Davis. Love Joe Hayden. That's that other side with Artie, and you brought up, and we've talked about it, um, with the possibility of bringing in a guy, entertaining bringing in a guy like Patrick Peterson, which I think needs to be done. But at this point, I have a buddy that was talking to me today. He's like, he doesn't want to see Burns on the field again. I just don't know who you put it. I mean, do you just want to go with Cody Sensabaugh for 60 minutes? No. I mean, they just need help on that side. Artie, I love him. I mean, as far as a human being, he's a very good person. I, I've read a lot of articles about him, especially when he was drafted. I really I think he's a high-character guy. I just don't think that he's getting it done. And I don't think that uh, if he was, if it was a redraft right now, Ken, I think he's lucky to go in the sixth round. Um, and you could say that about a, lo- a lot of players, but, you know, just has really struggled over there. And, and I don't see it really changing. And they're just getting, like you see, they are getting gassed. They're, they're just getting destroyed on that side of the ball. And if a guy like Hayden goes down, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I'm also a Mike Hilton guy. I think Hilton, his presence, does a lot for that that uh, defensive backfield. So if you go ahead and bring in a guy like Peterson or maybe even someone else that you really want to even – a marginal player, maybe a B player, um, but sure. a starter, somebody yep. that could come in on that side to help shore it up a little bit, you're going to do so much better. Artie is the only guy that I put on the uh, detention list. For the, I put one other guy, and it was, and it was uh, Cameron Kennedy, um, just because of some yeah. of the gaps that he had. We, we That's pretty good we when you only have two name. guys to put on the list. <laughs> we should not hear his yeah. name during the game. <laughs> but when right. you only have two uh, guys uh, to put on that list, it's a good day. Right. But let, let me ask you this. Uh, do we know for a fact that Brian Allen cannot do better than Artie Burns? Like, do we know that? We don't. We don't. I mean, he looked like – he he made the uh, honor roll last week because of special teams play. Um, he's we don't know. Um, but here's a guy that was on the practice squad until two weeks ago. So I I think that's a decision that needs to be made in camp, and they're probably not going to go ahead and do it right now. Um, I, I think you bring somebody completely in from another team before you do that with Brian Allen, but. I think he's a future player on that side. I think he could be a starter on that side. I'd be surprised if they did it now. But that's a great question, though. Tony, what do you think about Brian Allen? I mean, he's definitely an unknown. Uh, we, you know, we, we've never really seen seen much of him as far other than on special teams. So it's hard it's hard to really say uh, what kind of player he would be. But I mean, it's uh, how much how much worse can he be right now than what's going on with between Burns and Sensible? I mean, you know, it's been three years, and, and the second touchdown at the, at the end of the first half, when he's guarding uh, Tyler Boyd, he bit on the, he bit on the, on the uh, post pattern. When you know, I don't I don't know what kind of coverage they were playing there, but I mean, his instinct should have been to play the outside, to play the out, because there was nobody there. So I mean, you would you would think that if he, if if uh, Boyd was going for the uh, for the post, he would have help on the inside. So he should have leveraged to the outside, and he, his instincts just don't seem to be there for a third-year pro. Ken, let me ask you a question. Did you watch the uh, the game last night between uh, New England and Kansas City? I didn't see the whole thing because I worked, and then I watched the Steelers. I recorded the Steelers game, but I caught like the half of the fourth quarter. That fourth quarter was insane. Um, just with there was no defense whatsoever, and uh, there was one play, and we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, where um, a Kansas City defender just uh, was going to getting ready to nail Brady. Thought he had passed the ball, and Brady still had the ball in his hands and waltzed right in for a four-yard touchdown. Which my question to you right. is: I know you didn't see that, but based on what we've been seeing with defensive performances over the last 
weeks, and even let's go back a couple weeks with uh, Los Angeles and Minnesota, which are supposed to be great defenses, and putting up uh, close to 40 points on each other. Is defense close to dead in the NFL now because of all the regulations and the rules and the, the penalties? Yeah, you know, I heard you, heard you guys ask that earlier. Uh, my answer to that is no. Defense is not dead. What is dead is intimidating defense. So the defense where you walk in and you fear going over the middle, you fear a certain player or things like that, that's dead. Defense, intimidating defense has been neutralized to where you, it takes away the guys who are super athletic or super intelligent and can play faster and just be there quicker to hit you harder, I think that gets neutralized by um, a lot of these calls. But defense, if you still bring the defense like the Baltimore Ravens, who are pretty much tops in every category, that still is going to make a difference because it's going to upset the rhythm of a, of a, of a well-oiled, machined offense. Um, so uh, no defense isn't dead. It's it's the beginning of all of this stuff. Defenses will catch up to it eventually, just like they do to everything else, because uh, you know guys continue to evolve. So that's that's my opinion on it. But just the the steel curtains of the 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 2000 Ravens, like all of that, that's done. And and people, we just got to get used to. It. Well, that's that's a hard thing to swallow for somebody who's been watching intimidating defenses for nearly 40 years at this point, um, since I started when I was about seven years old. Um, so my other question to you is: Have the Steelers, and this is for you, Tony? So I'm going to ask both of you fellas this: Have the Steelers turned the corner, or? Is the defense too much of a turnoff that they're not going to be able to, you know, uh, go far in the playoffs? Let me answer. Uh, yeah, go. I ahead. think go I think uh, overall they 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 found their identity, like we talked about last week, on offense for, for sure, and uh, on defense, it's all about being aggressive and and, and being sound. And like Ken said, you're, you're not going to ha- you're not going to be able to be intimidating anymore on defense. It doesn't it doesn't mean you can't be sound with your technique and sound with your tackling and 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 I think they're they're getting they're inching closer to that and I think we've seen that the last two weeks you know like like we mentioned already with 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 the um with the test the Pittsburgh gave up yesterday two of them were came on short field so you know you have to sort of also uh teams for 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 for, for that at least give give them partial blame for it so I think if they can find a way, I don't know how they're going to do it, if they can find a way to figure out the other corner uh, spot, maybe over these next two weeks, then I think we we could have more hope as far as the defense is concerned. And, and like, like you mentioned, you're going to get Morgan Burnett back, at least presumably over the last two months. So that that, that should help the, the, uh, the defense as a whole because he is a great pro. So I think we are turning the corner as far as a, a team. I, think, I don't think that the defense is going to be as big a liability as it was down the stretch last year after after Shazier was injured. And, uh, you know, speaking of Shazier, real quick, what an emotional, what a tear-jerking, fantastic moment to watch that man walk out on the field at Paul Brown Stadium and uh, and do the We Ride chance with the defense in the defensive huddle before the game. I mean, just, just a beautiful moment. Um, it is fantastic. So I'm glad you brought up Ryan Shazier. That that uh, goes one of my high, uh, highlights of this season for me. Um, but that was just very special. But uh, Ken, so do you think the Steelers have turned the corner? I do think so. Um, I think for the the defense, and it's all it's all about the defense, really. And for them, they what they had to do was buy in. Like this team just needed to buy in. Everybody, the offense too. The defense is buying in. Maybe it was what Cam said. You know, just do your 111. If you don't get get the whatever, get the F off the field, whatever you said, you know. So they needed to buy in. The offense is buying in. Ben is buying in, not forcing a ball down Antonio Brown's throat. And Antonio Brown, granted, for the last couple of weeks, yes, they've won, but also he's staying with, he's staying with the game plan, staying with the, and he's going to get his. So if he knows, all right, when it's crunch time, I'm going to get mine. Let me just play my game and, and everything like that. 
and the game comes to him. So, no, he's not going to have 12 for 112 and two touchdowns, but he'll have six for 105 and one touchdown, and that's team ball, you know. So everyone's buying in, and the more weapons that we have, you know, the, the, the harder we are to beat. Like, Vance McDonald, man, is looking like, you know, what we wish we had from Ladarius Green and – Kind of, he's a mix of. We've never really seen somebody in a Steeler uniform like him before, because Heath was even a little bit different. So I just think, yes, we have. We we get him buy-in now, and that's more important than just putting up 40 points here. And you know, because we anybody could be explosive, but the buy-in from the offense and the defense and the special teams, that to me, the wheel is turning in that direction. Um, so and I just want to give you one offensive thing. So we're six weeks in. Um, so if we're looking at the difference between Todd Haley and Randy Seatner, the biggest thing for me is red zone efficiency. So right now the Steelers are number three in red zone efficiency in the league. Under Todd Haley, um, in 2017, they were number 18. 2016, they were number like 16. I look back all the way to 2012. The highest that they finished was like 13th or 12th in the league. So they averaged like the 15th or 16th in the league in the Todd Haley era. So right now, Randy Seaton's stat is red zone efficiency. They're number three in the league. Just for people who wonder, oh, the offense this and the offense that. But when they get down in the red zone, they know how to score. So, and I think it's only getting better, you know, as evidence of the last couple of weeks. So just stay with us. Stay with the Steelers. For all the fans out there. Let's just keep it going and trust in the team. Don't listen to the big the big heads talking on TV because they don't watch them as much as we do. That's my message to them. And then also, just Bryce from Brooklyn, man, you got to call back in, man. We miss you on the on the uh, on the show. So that's one. Amen. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely need some Bryce. Uh, that's uh, I would love to hear from him too. Um, the thank you so much, Ken. I mean, great insight. Uh, we love hearing from the Jersey boys, and hey, if I can just get Frankie Valley to call in, that would—I mean—that would just complete <laughs> it. Maybe, maybe we get that going. Um, so I'm definitely wow. showing my age, but I—I uh, I don't know if you heard last week. Tony and I are talking. We need to just do a a, a Jersey tailgate. Maybe uh, the next time they play the Jets or Giants, maybe just come down, hit up you, hit up Vito, and just uh, party like it's 1999 before that game. Hey man, I'll, either that or I'll drive to Pittsburgh. It's only six hours away, so. <laughs> there you go. We, we gotta that'd make be, that that'd be awesome. Maybe, maybe we do a Steeler hangover tailgate one of these days, and to see who we could get come in. That would that'd be a lot of fun. We'll we'll have to. Uh, I'll bend Jeff's ear on that. See if we could somehow make that happen. Um, so sounds great, Ken. Have a great bye week. Uh, we will be here during the bye week. Um, so probably next Monday night as well. So um, have a great week. So we're cheering like crazy next week for the New Orleans Saints who take on the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Sunday night game. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be Cincinnati traveling to Kansas City. You want to see uh, you know, a lot of offensive fireworks with those two teams. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, go, Kansas, go Chiefs, go Saints. And uh, have a great week. We'll see you, Ken. Take it easy, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. You too, buddy. So final thoughts, Tony Duffiel. I mean, they've, you've said they've turned the corner. Looking ahead, you have two games now, two divisional games coming up between the Steelers and the uh, Cleveland Browns at home. And then a big one at M&T in Baltimore, which I might even try to sneak my way in on that one since I'm only I'm a little bit over an hour away from the that uh, hellhole stadium. So um, what I'm thinking is you get through those two games, then it's game on. It's uh, you're back you're back talking about uh, you're talking about a buy at that week. You're uh, you're now looking at looking at a buy. So I think this team has turned the corner. Um, I did not want to say it. You, I think if you remember last week, I was afraid to go ahead and say that I think that uh, they're there. But I think I, I agree with Ken. I think this team has bought in. 
I've bought in. I, they're a very cohesive team, and they might even be more cohesive because Le'Veon Bell is not there. Um, we'll see how that plays out. I don't even know how that's going to play out because you just can't believe anything you hear at this point, um, and it defies all logic. But with that being said, Tony, enjoy the bye week. Uh, you too, my man. Uh, I guess we'll be, we'll be talking again next week uh, around this time. Yeah, so we'll we'll be talking. I guess we'll be talking. Uh, it'll be Saints Chiefs hangover next week. Uh, That's right. <laughs> as a, and uh, well, let, let's throw in Saints Chiefs Buccaneers hangover because the Cleveland Browns still exist and uh, they're still a little bit of a danger. So um, we'll be rooting for those teams next week. And then some, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about because there's one thing: the Steelers might be on a bye, but there's plenty of plenty of action that's going to be happening with so many storylines with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think the uh, the media and the bloggers are going to have a, a big break at all because there's still going to be lots of stuff going on. So a lot of things to look forward to. As always, keep it at Behind the Steel Curtain first. That's where all your Steeler news is going to be. All your Steelers fun, your podcasts. Remember, we have the uh, we have the family of podcasts now, and check them all out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's a, that's a good thing to do. You can listen to all of them. If uh, if you want to hear great insight all the way across the board, um, you know Jeff and Lance are fantastic to listen to, as well as uh, Tony and that uh, that. Uh, Brian Anthony guy, he's okay. So um, at this at this point, <laughs> enjoy the week, my friends. As always, go Steelers. Don't stop Shalevin. And my friends, the Pittsburgh Steelers just beat their rival, the Cincinnati Bengals, twenty eight twenty one in a thriller. And you have just been hungover. Good night. Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long, all on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.